Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, and that's Doug. Dude, the sky was falling, and now... We stapled it back together. A glimmer of sunlight peeking through the clouds. Dude? We've all, we're off the cliff, dude. Well, we are not... We're back from the edge. We have taken one step back from the edge, but the cliff is still there. Yeah. Uh, but some good signs uh, from the San Jose Sharks... This last week where they went 3-0, and yep. a clean six points. Uh, they won in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the best win, of course, was Saturday against Nashville against the best team. Uh, they won a freaking wild, wild West game against Minnesota that did not have to be like that, but right. ended up being like that. And then, you know, kind of an ugly win against Chicago with some good things, but um, some red flags in it as well. But overall, uh, dude, certainly encouraging after losing five in a row and six of seven and uh, sorry, actually six of uh, uh, seven of eight. Yeah. You know, they've won three in a row with three winnable games this week. Right. So um, lots of work left to do, but steps in the right direction. That's right. And despite the fact that they maybe didn't beat these lowly teams in Chicago and Minnesota as much or as decisively as we would have liked, there were definitely some real high points in both games. Certainly the the first period of the game against Minnesota was oh. as dominating as I've seen the Sharks play all year by, well, a, by a wide margin. No question. I mean, the passing was crisp and creative. Yeah. I mean, it was... I, <laughs> It was a beatdown. I was hooting and hollering. Yeah. I mean, I, I that was the moment where I was like, oh my God, like this is exactly what we thought it would be. This is, I mean, it was dominant. It was a beatdown, like you said. Um, everything was coming together. They looked awesome. And we saw that last year, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we saw that same sort of domination and it was incredibly fun to watch. Um, and then... You know, the wheels on the bus went yeah. round and round and fell off uh, <laughs> and they almost lost that game. Yeah, yeah. And that was just insane. But um, the positives of seeing that offensive danger that they're able to bring, you know, even strength. Like, I mean, it right. was it was great. Like, I mean, it was really entertaining and fun. And that was really the key is that well, two two of the six goals were on the power play, but f- uh, but four even strength goals. Right. So we will take it. All four goals in the first period were even strength. You know, during that during that beatdown, um, that's what we we're hoping to get from the Sharks when we were talking last week, which is that how bad the Sharks were five on five, how the Sharks need to score goals five on five, and. You know, and how they need to play better defense, and that's what they did against the Predators, right? Oh, so, yeah. And and they managed to score their only goal, their only regular, uh, their only regulation goal at five on five, Tomas Hurdle's goal in the third. So, and then they 
score in the shootout. So and, and Martin Jones was really good in that game. That's right. He was really good and he was outstanding in the shootout and you know, of the three games, that was the game where they needed him to be outstanding and he was because while he's 3 and 0 in this, he was not outstanding in those other two wins. He actually, you know, had a 905 save percentage against Chicago, which is below average, as we know. And his save percentage against Minnesota was 808. That's mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah. So, um, not good in those first two games. Great in the win versus Nashville, and great when it counted. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so, um, still a red flag. I'm not willing to pronounce him redeemed, but. Sure, you don't want to see a team up for nothing, completely dominating the game in the first period, and then have a, still a big lead going into the third period, and then almost lose, and then almost sure. giving up the tying goal. Late. And you can't hang that comeback all on Martin Jones, but um, he certainly was responsible for uh, for some of it, you know. <laughs> and you know, they all kind of fell asleep a little bit, and you were kind of hoping they would just continue to destroy them, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what Minnesota seems to be. This sort of seems to be their MO, right? I mean, they did this to Anaheim the game before, and they did it to Arizona like two nights later. Like they were down, mm-hmm. and they actually came back and beat Arizona. So they almost did it to the Sharks. I mean, yeah. this team sort of has these late surges after having these awful starts, and the Sharks almost fell victim to it. But, you know, the effort was there I mean the effort was there at the end of that game I mean they they were they were doing everything they could to hang on to that game and the effort was there against Nashville it was everything that you wanted it to be um except for you know uh you know the <laughs> Eric Carlson kind of got pwned by uh Forsberg on that goal right I mean and that <laughs> but I feel like he's you know certainly been putting in a lot more of a effort yeah, you know right uh, uh in terms of a, a visual uh effort five on five uh and you know dude i mean the the, the answer to why this is going better is obvious and it's radim shimik hey <laughs> clearly right the three and oh uh radim shimik dude i mean i mean what that does do is it uh you know even though ferraro did not play the last game it allows the Sharks to have a regular six deep blue line. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is still a massive issue as we're seeing now with Ferraro being out, although he actually played over 10 minutes against Nashville. Shocking that uh, DeBoer deployed him that much. It sounds like Dalton Prute is going to be back tomorrow against Edmonton. So it looks like Ferraro is still going to be out. Okay. So, uh, he's back in the mix, although I mean he was freaking terrible in 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 the limited action that that I saw him in. Holy smokes! Like I mean he was bad. So we'll see if he plays or if it's Tim Heed. But I mean this is still a problem area for the Sharks. They are not seven deep, which is what they have been in the mm-hmm. last few years. That's right. You know they are really six deep with Ferraro and Shimmick you know, in the lineup. And so when they have to go another deep in the forward core too, I mean, cause we saw now that Gambrell's back now that Carlson played like, you know, they kind of have Goudreau playing out of position. I don't yeah. really love Goudreau on the second line. Like right. I think that's not uh, 
the winning formula. I kind of miss him on the fourth line, and he's one of the better face-off players for the Sharks. I kind of would like to see them move Gambrell up there. You know, I liked what Gambrell did when he responded to the hit on Ferraro. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wasn't much of a fight. I wouldn't even know that that anybody deserved five minutes for that the hugging that happened out there. (laughs) But I do appreciate that that's not his jam, right? Mm -hmm. But he didn't he didn't stop at all. And actually um, who was who was the dude who was on the hit at the Minnesota player Dumba? Yeah, he kind of did. Uh, um, Gambrella solid actually. I think he could have he could have <laughs> probably kicked his ass right. I, mean, <laughs> I think he knew what he did was wrong, and he just sort of just hugged him. Yeah, he's like, I, or I don't really feel like throwing down either. Let's just sort of you know. Yeah, d- grab I mean, on. I, I I felt there there was sort of a, a little charity uh, going on uh, there. a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. So some encouraging stuff, dude. Dude, I have extra scouting. I went to the Barracuda game last Ooh, night. Ooh, and see. what did you see? I saw them lose to the last place San Diego goals. Ooh, so. well, who stood out to you in this losing effort? Well, that's the thing, right? It's That was really what it was all about, is is who do you notice in these games? And there's one of the guys you just mentioned, Dalton Prout, was playing in that game. You know, doesn't make a really strong impression one way or another you know, plays sort of a mature style, I'd say. One thing you really notice, or at least I noticed as as well as my friend that I went to the game with, is that just the passing is not nearly as crisp. Those first defensive passes are, you know, a guy has to slow down to catch it. It's in his skates. It's a little behind him. And you just don't see those passes. That's, you know, one of those things. It's And these guys are high-level hockey players, right? I mean, these guys are great hockey players in the grand scheme of things, and that's what makes... You know, those outlet passes that you see Eric Carlson seem to make every single time that much more impressive. You know, all those little like sort of polishing things in the AHL level are just not there. But yeah, I was trying to look for, I I, I distinctly said at least halfway through the game, I haven't noticed Auntie Suomel once in this game. Not, not very interesting. Nothing that you could see. Um, you're taken, you saw a couple times because he has some skill. Uh, Liam Bergman was playing on the top line he's i think either first or second in points on the team certainly you couldn't see a huge skill gap between him and other players he seemed to be in the mix the one player that you see is this this german kid i think his name's jordan but it's halbgvox or something like that it's a very interesting name he's a really small player crazy speed crazy agility he makes an impression the problem is, is he seems to be so undersized that you wonder how he could be a player at the next level. Mm-hmm. And and while he can definitely take AHL level players by surprise, you wonder if he can do the same in the show. Although, you know, he's really, really fun to watch and he just he gives it everything. He's just gutting up and down the ice every shift. You know, you notice him constantly when he's on the ice and not just because he's like one of the smallest guys out there because he's doing things with the puck that really no one else is doing so you know it's one game you know maybe half the team was having an off night who knows Joaquin Blitchfield uh Blickfeld scored the only goal it was an impressive one he sort of had a breakaway and shot it and it came off to the side of the goal he basically came up the goal line the goalie was staring him straight down and Blickfeld just put it over shoulder mm-hmm. basically straddling the goal line so that was an impressive goal the only goal that the barracuda had all night so it wasn't a good night for them short ridge and goal not coronar um 
you know, not, not, he had some good saves. Nothing, you know, spectacular. Obviously, he gave up three. So, you know, what can I say about a, a scouting report on a, on one game for the Barracuda? But you certainly didn't see a, oh, this guy's ready. You know, this guy is is killing the other team. Um, you know, in the HL level. So, what about Chemilevsky, Chekovich? Did they play? I saw. Um, let's see. Yeah, I saw Chekovich definitely played. If Chemilevsky played, I don't even remember him. Mm. Um, so, you know, those guys are young. You know, they're probably still getting used to the speed and the and the size of the HL players because there's definitely, um, you know, there's plenty of guys at that level that are big guys and mobile. Um, and, you know, they just don't have the elite puck skills that you need to compete at the NHL level. But if you're in juniors, I'm sure you're seeing a, a different size and caliber of player. So sure. you, you, you let those kids, you know, marinate a little bit. You know, yeah. they're, they're certainly yeah. not tearing it up down there, but that's not cause for concern. Not right. not by any stretch. So okay. just thought that might be a little interesting. It, it was it was fun to see them. You know, fun to see the young guys play. And it's a and it's a real fun family atmosphere at the Barracuda Games. So that was kind of cool. You know what else has been fun to see, dude? Some of these guys on the big club finally showing up yeah timo meyer welcome mm-hmm. welcome to the season <laughs> we've, been, we've been waiting for you i mean holy smokes i mean five points in these three wins plus the shootout winner right yeah, yeah. i mean welcome oh hi tomas hurdle good to see you <laughs> six points in these three wins right mark edward vlasic yeah hi where you been you don't want to go to montreal you want to stay maybe okay <laughs> Thanks for showing up, right? Uh, Logan Couture, have yourself a night, right? Against Minnesota, four four points. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, guys. Like that, And it's no coincidence, right? Right. That those four guys had a great week and the Sharks went 3-0. Mm-hmm. You can't not have contributions from those players and expect to win. And, and, you know, they go in lockstep, right? The guys who still need to do better on the... On the stat sheet, which I, I looked up like their Corsi, Kevin LeBanc's Corsi is actually really good, right? Okay. Which I thought was interesting, dude. See yep. if you're seeing the same stat that I am, right? Yep. Kevin LeBanc is the top regular forward yep. in Corsi, right? Yeah. yeah. But he is a regular on the minus sheet. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy is not scoring and not Pretty, uh, in plus minus, pretty showing un- up. Pretty unlucky. The PDO stat, which is the the combination of save percentage uh, on your team and save percentage on the other, is eighty nine point two, which is just god awful. The worst on the team, actually, Jumbo's is even worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually something that the players individually don't have a huge amount of control over. Right. So that means that the other goalie is saving a lot and. Uh, he and Jones or Dell is not saving a lot when they're on the ice. So that's that could be a luck thing. We could see these kinds of players turn around, especially if they're driving possession the way the Corsi stat seems to indicate. Sure. So that's interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I still like Kevin LeBanc. I think you know, I I I believe in him, but he's got to turn around that, and maybe the the luck factor will just start to swing the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had some nice chances this week. He just didn't convert. Um, I still feel like he's playing aggressively, and it's good to see that his underlying numbers here are solid. You know, right? Um, Logan Couture, um, other than the you know outburst against Minnesota, you know, not having the, a good year. He's not having a good year, and you know, is this role that he's been put in, which is this is a guy who at 
at in the biggest moments has shined for the Sharks, mm-hmm. right? Best player on their Stanley Cup run. Mm-hmm. Outstanding in the playoffs last year. You know, he's not afraid of the moment, right? No, not at all. So right now, you know, this moment of being the captain of this team and producing on the ice, his faceoff percentage is horrific. I think it's like 44%. Yeah, it's like no, not you can't be a number one center in this league and be, you know, achieving it. It's 44.6%. Right, mm-hmm. and you look at Goudreau's fifty-three. That's pretty Her- good. Hurdles almost fifty-five. Jumbo's forty-six point six. That's also that's not good. If you're the third line center yeah. and that you're taking some tough draws against guys like that's sort of like their jam, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to win a draw against the Sammy Paulson types of the world, right? The Dave Bolins. Yeah. Those guys are sort of that's what they do. Jumbo can't go forty-six percent. Yeah, that's got to get better. I mean, like, and I think that. We know that they're capable of that, although Logan's never been a great face-off guy. That's true. But Joe has, so that's got to get better. You know, we got to figure that out. Um, that is still um, a bit of a red flag, you know. Um, but overall, dude, this significantly yeah. better mojo right now. What a lot better moments to, to witness out of this Sharks team when it seemed like the any even mediocre to good moments were very few and far between. We had some really solid stretches of play out of this team. And it looked like you could see some potential of when this team fires on all cylinders, what they're mm-hmm. capable of. The, the big question, obviously going forward, that has not yet been answered is can they continue to play at some of those high levels? Because although, as you said, I mean, Edmonton is still top of the Pacific. Yeah. They are, dude, but I, I got to say that it's a little misleading. I mean, Edmonton got off to a huge hot start, and then they're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10. That's true. So um, Anaheim also got off to a, a pretty good start. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit is not good. Okay. You know, they won two in a row, but they're also 3-7 and seven in their last 10. These are winnable games coming up here. The Sharks get the Oilers twice in the next, like, 10 days. They get them both in the tank. Yeah, they need to. I mean, do you think about it this way, dude? If they win these next three games, they're right? Five hundred. They're five hundred. Yeah, they've pulled themselves out of the giant outhouse. Yeah, right. That they they dug for themselves, and you you gotta hope you you know they know that right. Mm-hmm. They know that, and I hope they can play like they did for the first half of that Minnesota game, right, and for that entire Nashville game, and just play with a ton of heart like they have been. And you hope that the wake-up calls that have happened for Meyer and for Hurdle and for Vlasic continue because, you know, these guys, they're going to play better. The whole team's going to follow them, right? I mean, like, you know, if they're playing like garbage, well, yeah, guess what? You're in last place. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And let's look a little around the league here, dude, and and just see where everything else stands. I mean, the, um, you know, the... The Vegas Golden Knights are not lighting the world on fire here. They're in fourth place. They're tied with the Canucks. Yeah, they're they're three, four, and three. They're essentially three and seven in their last ten. They're on a huge road trip right now. And obviously, we're looking forward to the the Vegas matchup in Vegas in a couple weeks. I'll yeah. be there in person to see that. And <laughs> and while that looked like a uh, you know just a week or ten days ago, it looked like that was just I was going to be walking into just a buzzsaw. Right. Um. If the Sharks are able to put string together some wins against, like you said, some some winnable games, sure. then maybe that 
that game will have a completely different tenor after the the Knights spanked him so bad to start the season off. I mean, there could be real revenge in the works here. Yeah, and wouldn't that be something, dude? I mean, the Knights home ice advantage has not been there this year. They are four, three, and two. So essentially four and five, sub five hundred at home with some losses to some bad teams. Yeah. So uh, you know, Vegas at you know, we know that matchup against the Sharks is not a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a good one. On paper, it's good. On the ice, it's not. And Vegas seems to sort of have our number. And also, um, you know, I think that the way that they play, uh, you know, doesn't really match up well against the way the Sharks play. Uh, the Sharks have been unable to respond. So, um, Certainly, if the Sharks are able to rattle off some wins here, there could be a different ending to that Vegas trip for you uh, than we might have originally thought. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the St. Louis Blues here because I know we were making fun of them. They weren't doing so great earlier in the year. Tarasenko went out. I think I just saw a headline, Alex Steen is now out, but they've won 9 of 10. Yeah. They've won 7 in a row. Yeah. That is, um, you know, against not great teams to be honest you know minnesota twice columbus vancouver edmonton but edmonton and calgary are the top two teams in the pacific right now and they beat both of them so you know this is this is a team that seems to be back on top uh you know they're beating what was at first an extremely hot colorado avalanche team which is now everybody's like darling team i don't know i mean colorado has been riddled with injuries i mean like they lannis cog um you know the God, what's the name of the other the, their young player, not McKinnon, but um, uh, Auntie Rannon. Yeah, I mean like that. Um, he's been out, I and mean, Colin Wilson's been out. I mean, like I I think, um, and that's a team that sort of had depth y- issues to start. Yeah, I mean, uh, a good on St. Louis for a team that is twelve three and three. Their goal difference is only plus six. Yeah, so that makes me a little. It made the most of it. Yeah, suspicious in terms of um, how um, how they're going to be able to keep this up, right? Certainly, again, a surprising team that we did not expect is the New York Islanders. Yeah, is another team who've won at nine of ten. Yeah, I mean, they've won amazing. What, they've like won 11 of 12 or 12 of 13 i mean it's crazy barry Um, trotz is i mean beating tampa bay best coach best coach in the nhl i mean like this guy and this is not it look at this i know i know dude it is varlamov grice every other night the entire season yeah no single goalie has played two games consecutively this entire year they were doing a full-on baseball platoon yeah. action with these goaltenders mm-hmm. sure it's a uh, it's impressive dude um the islanders are a machine right now yeah i still don't think that this will translate to success when they get to the stanley cup playoffs uh, i don't think you can win like this um uh it, you know when you get to the playoffs but um they're certainly ticketed to get there again so good for them yeah they're gonna get a shot at it i mean they're not scoring a ton here and you gotta wonder i mean uh you know the if this team is, is gonna try and make some sort of big addition right like if they're gonna try and add yeah some sort of um higher end talent even just one player yeah. To this, if they could just add a score, I mean, because they're, 
you know, the Capitals have scored 74 goals, which is the most in the league by a pretty good margin. Um, <laughs> Look at the drop off there. 74 and, and the Islanders have scored 49. 49 40, only 49 goals. But the Islanders have only given up 35 goals in 16 yeah. games. They're giving up a little over two goals a game. Yeah. That is really, really good. So, I mean, I dude, I'm just spitballing here, but like, I mean, Chicago is terrible again. Like, they're terrible again, yeah. right? Do you think that they would ever entertain splitting up Tays and Kane? Like, why Why are they hanging on to these guys when this is, it's a train wreck. It's a like, good question. It's a train wreck. Like, if you look at the Islanders and go, if the Islanders could add Patrick Kane, like, yeah, that yeah. changes everything. It does. Right? It does. It changes everything for them. I mean, this is a guy who was basically a legit Hart Trophy candidate two years ago playing on a bad team. You know, the only reason why they were respectable at all was because of Patrick Kane. I don't know if they would. I mean, clearly Alex Dabrinkit is their forward that they're looking in the future. He scored like 40 goals right, last but year. but I mean, like, they're completely... Their cap situation, I think, is terrible. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you know, if, you, if you're Chicago, I mean... How do you not... I mean, do you think... I mean, I don't know. And do those guys really want to still be there? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe they, they do. all have families and they don't want to move. And, you know, that could totally be the case. I mean, we're looking at the San Francisco Giants in baseball. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, these guys delivered three titles to the city of San Francisco. They all signed long-term contracts. A lot of them have no moves. And if they don't want to leave, they don't have to. Right. They like living there. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay to be mediocre to bad and they want to stay there, there's nothing you could do about it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So maybe... Uh, that's where Chicago is. But I look at a team like the Islanders and I go, gosh, I'm staring at Chicago here. They've got a ton of assets. You'd think a team like the Islanders sure could use one. Yeah, you know, it's true. And I don't even know that the price would be that high because I think they might just want to get out from underneath the contract. That's true. Just a thought. It's true. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, especially when you see a team like Tampa Bay. They're yeah. in, you know, sixth place in their division. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've played fewer games than any other team in that division. So I'm not that worried about that. I'm not that worried either. I mean, you look at dude. I mean, they've played five home games and ten road games. Like, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. it's so out of whack. They just went to Sweden. Yeah, dude. I mean, like that's. I think that's a mirage. That's going to change. And Hedman's been out. So yeah, you know, uh, that. That's not the real Tampa Bay. We'll see. Buckle up. They're coming. They're coming. I mean, Buffalo's gone completely off a cliff after starting the year so great. They've lost five in a row. Mm -hmm. um, no no good. You know, uh, that team has come back down to earth. I mean, we sort of saw the Sharks kind of kick-started the downward spiral of the Carolina Hurricane, who have mm -hmm. also uh, lost seven out of ten. Uh I don't know, you know, what what re, what's the real version of the hurricane? We don't know. I mean, I I always you I are wasn't not high on them. No, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, like I I think I don't think they're bad. I just don't think that they're the team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I think it was a fluke. Like yeah. I just don't think they're that good. Yeah. Like I I don't I don't think their goaltending is good at all. That's you know? their biggest so, problem. So um See if they can come out. I'm not impressed. Like yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think that that's something that teams should be concerned about, dude. I mean, like, like how about the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, playing well. They are definitely lightly out shooting, but they're they're on a pretty good streak here. I mean, they got a high end talent. That's the thing about the Flyers is 
you know, when Claude Giroux's playing well and some of their high end guys are playing well, then the Flyers are good. Right. The question is, you know, last year a lot of those guys, Proveroff and some of these other guys, kind of took a went a bit off a cliff and you see this year actually it's Travis Konechny who's leading the team in points right now right I mean Giroux only fourth in scoring right and and Sean Couturier I mean I just love Sean Couturier as a player I mean this is this is a guy that the Flyers absolutely stole in the number eight spot he was some thought he should have been the number one overall pick that year he went dropped all the way to the Flyers the Flyers took him at number eight that's like the best pick of the last five years in my opinion I don't know how anyone let him drop and at first, he was a great third-line defensive player, and now he's turning into a great scorer as well. I mean, this guy is just great. So, yeah, I mean, they're doing... And Provorov's got 10 points. Gossis Bear's got only six points. Yeah. But, you know, they, they have a lot have of room some, to grow there for They them. have a lot of high-end guys sure. there. And JVR. obviously, they signed JVR. So, you know, they there's some... But Kevin they have, Hayes. I mean, Kevin Hayes, you look at it, Kevin Hayes isn't... I mean, it, he's not really... Uh, having a great year on the stat sheet seven points minus six i mean you know i mean this is the guy this is their big off-season uh acquisition and their goaltending has been not great i mean it's the same problem as they've ever had right i mean they have the exact same issue they haven't had a decent goalie since ron hextall (laughs) unless you count Ilya's brisgolov which i do of course so you gotta feel i mean dude looking at the pacific when Edmonton's the cream of the crop, yeah. you got to feel like this is catchable, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so catchable. The Sharks can pull themselves out. I hope that they make a, a huge freaking statement tomorrow night. And when Edmonton comes in, they go, listen. This is our division. We yeah. we woke up mm-hmm. and you guys can... You're going to see the brunt of it now. You're, you're going to yeah. take it and we're going to give it to you and you're going to like it, Yeah, right? I really hope that they do that tomorrow night. That they don't, you know. I think they're going to have a lot of, you know, we everybody has problems with Connor McDavid, but you know they're going to have to figure out, you know, if Connor McDavid is out there against Eric Carlson, it, that's going to be bad. Like, I mean, they can't do that. <laughs> right, like, they're going right. to have to figure out, you know, um, how to how to make that matchup more effective because I think he's going to, you know, he every just, team has a bad. Matchup I know everybody. With I mean, he's the best player in the league, dude. I mean, like, but you know. Um, Carlson just he's not he's an elite offensive defenseman and he will get completely pantsed by a forward like that Mm -hmm. you know at least this year he's just not been able to you know Philip Forsberg made him look stupid Mm -hmm. again in that goal right now he's been better in the last couple games definitely a much stronger effort by everybody do you know I mean like it's got to find a way that uh you know, have Shimmick around yeah. uh, McDavid as much as possible. Keep knocking him on his ass. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's you got to do that, and I feel like that's what if only other teams, were that easy. You no, know, I know, but I feel like that's what other teams do to us. Yeah. Like yeah. they just find a way to try and knock you off your game. Right. Right. I don't feel like the Sharks do that really ever. It's just sort of, um, we're gonna play the way we always play, and there's no adjustment. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like there's no adjustment or like trying something different to match up against another team. To, to try and take that away. Now, I mean, I'm maybe I'm an idiot and they are doing that, but I just don't see it. I don't find it to be noticeable, right. you know, uh, that they really adjust their style of play to, based on the matchup, which is why there are some teams that are just terrible matchups, yeah. you know, yeah. like Vegas, bad matchup. Well, after Edmonton, like you said, we have Anaheim and Detroit, both very winnable games. So this is another opportunity for the Sharks to have a good week, dude. Yeah, uh, I feel... Hopeful, yeah. You know, I I feel hopeful. You know that they they 
should be able to do well. And you look further down the road. I mean, they, then they've got Edmonton again. They got Vegas. They got the Islanders at home, you know, but mm-hmm. they've got the Islanders, Winnipeg, the Kings, Arizona before they head out on a, what's going to be a wicked road trip. But again, that's a win, a winnable stretch of games yeah. for them to go on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The next ten, they could definitely go eight and two, right? Seven and three, and they need to. Yeah, I mean, they really need to to save this season. They can't go five hundred, right, during this stretch. Because then they'll be they'll be twelve points out. They need and to go on a, a, a significant run, and the schedule has lined itself up to do so. Yeah, this is a good opportunity for them to to really reel off a streak here. Yep. All right. We're going streaking. We're going streaking, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.